Ryan, thank you for waiting. Go ahead, please. Hey, Joe. Um, I just saw, I caught the highlights on the morning news. And when I saw Jacob Fry on the back of that garbage truck, since I'm in the industry, my first thought was, I mean, I could probably relate to the driver. And I basically, my first thought would be, oh, great. I got this moron hanging on the back of my truck. My day has gotten, has just gotten about three hours longer. Right. And the thing I took away from Melvin Carter is what he said, economic justice. Right. What, what the heck is economic justice? That's a rule from the salon that will determine artificially what he considers to be equity. Pretty much. He's based, and they're, they're basically trying to pass judgment on, on the rest of us. Right. Thank you. The, the people who make the city work are the people who employ 150 people. Not, not a mayor who tells that employer what he must pay people. But this is what happens when you have a pool of candidates, none of whom have ever engaged with the rest of us. They, they're going from, they're going right into the mayor's job from their parallel universe. Uh, we have a student socialist group at the University of Wisconsin. Okay, what do they want? They're called the Student Coalition for Progress. <laughs> and they're, uh, they're demanding that school officials at Madison explain themselves regarding the choice of lodging uh, for the Badgers for the, uh, what, did the, what bowl were they in? What, what bowl was Wisconsin was? They were in the... Not the Orange Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, it was the Orange Bowl because they played Bowl. Miami. Yes. Yeah. Uh, because the socialists are disappointed that the team, the band, and the alumni are staying in a hotel with the same name as the current president who oppresses those of color. Oh, God. This is where people need to say. I don't think no. that they can demonstrate that. Right. No. Uh, given the obvious issues with working conditions, racism, and human rights violations by the president, the press release said the Student Coalition for Progress calls on the Orange Bowl and the Wisconsin Alumni Association to give a detailed explanation as to why Trump's hotel was chosen. Orange Bowl Vice President of Communications Larry Wall pointed out the housing choice was decided on four years ago. It had nothing to do with honoring Trump because he got elected. The, the Orange Bowl is a, has a multi-year contract with the Doral, uh, which I guess now is called the Trump Doral. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know Trump owned the Doral. And Wisconsin is the fourth team to have stayed there. The uh, Student Coalition for Progress's Ekened Ili Chukwu, Ekened Chili Chukwu, ah. that's his first name. Okay. Ikiguani. Ikiguani. Let's try it again. Ekened, Ek, Ekened, Ekened Dili Chukwu, Ikiguani, said the group wasn't aware of this fact before his press release went out, but noted the university still should have found another place to stay in the Miami area. Uh, yeah, because there's just tons of rooms available over New Year's uh, to, uh, regarding the Orange Bowl. Good point. Uh, Akineki, Chuku, Chuku, Ugiwani. Uh, where are they supposed to stay? Well, and most of the time, aren't those always tied in with sponsorships? Yeah. Because, I mean, I don't even think in some cases the teams can elect where they're, where they're staying. 
The Badger Athletics isn't hurting for money, Ikeguani said. I felt like they had enough so that if they wanted to go somewhere else, they could have, which is neither here nor there. That's apropos of nothing. Uh, I'm sure it cost him plenty to stay at the Trump Doral. Yeah, he's not the kind of guy that's going to give somebody a a deal. Uh, Another socialist member of the student group, Beth Allman added, it was ironic for black college football players to stay in a hotel owned by a president who has criticized black NFL players who kneel during the anthem. Uh, Wisconsin Alumni Association Director of Media and Public Relations Todd Pritchard said that the vast majority of interested travelers face no concerns about the hotel selection and University of Wisconsin Athletic Spokesman Brian Mason added he didn't notice any indication that players had an issue where they stayed for the game. Uh, Wisconsin beat Miami 34-24. A glimpse of the student Coalition for Progress's Facebook page event section from last year includes Stop John Taylor, Koch Brothers Stooge, Job Killer and Fed nominee, Noise Demo to Resist Charles Murray, and Capitalism is Violent Resist Steve Forbes, in which the student organization Young Americans for Freedom is referred to as a proto-fascist group. So, so they're just uh, throwing stuff out there. They're, yeah, they're yeah. not into verifying anything. Huh? they got a theme problem. they got a theme yeah. problem. <clears throat> I can stay on brand. That was on brand because it was football. Okay. I can stay on football. Let's. This is what we're doing right now. Uh, linked a little bit to yesterday when I said that it's impossible to be culturally sensitive. Remember that? Yes. Why did I say that it was impossible? Uh, it's impossible to be anyone, staff? cultural insensitive because the story was, let me retrieve that information. Fool me. Fool me, me once. A couple times and you're in trouble. <laughs> uh, because, okay, wait, give me a clue. I'm going to jump right back into it. Steak. Steak, Steak is a clue. Rookie ate two of them no. when he met the swinger. Well, you guys really don't pay attention. No. Do yes, I do. Now, hang on. Just give me a second to I'm retrieve drawing it. a blank. Chopsticks. Chopsticks oh, yeah. were uh, upright, and they should not be because that um, uh, yep. uh, interprets something as being death Apparently. related, yep. as opposed to laying them down where they're just at rest. But but the larger point being that no matter what you do, you can't offense will be found. Right. Right? That was my next line. I said you could put the same. It was a New York Times piece uh, touting some new steakhouse. Uh, with a with an Asian American cuisine yeah. theme, yeah, I mean, and they had some chopsticks on the table, and and the and the the great Greek chorus of the unwashed fired up Twitter and said that's offensive the way they have the chopsticks. Right. B as in B, S as in S. I've got a new one today What's based on one? football. What's the new one? It's impossible to be culturally sensitive. Carson it, Wentz. Yeah. By the way. Philly ain't going anywhere in the playoffs. No. I'm like, hey, I'm liking what we're doing. I'm liking the Vike vibe. Before his season was ended by a knee injury, uh, Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz was making news for his playmaking ability. Tuesday, the MVP candidate made headlines with his response to a Twitter user who was critical of a hunting photo he posted with one of his dogs. And he posted the photo of his dog to wish his dog a happy birthday. 
And uh, and he he included a photo of the dog uh, as it is now, somewhat aged, with a group of geese apparently reflecting a successful hunting day. And then he showed the dog also as a puppy. And he said, happy fifth birthday to Mama Henley. We've been through a lot in five years. Best dog and hunting buddy I could ask for. That was it. I think that's a tribute. That's a nice tribute. And he got ripped on Twitter because (sighs) the photo of the dead geese was insensitive. To whom? The person who wrote the tweet. Uh, Wentz apparently is an avid hunter. He took to Twitter late Monday to wish his dog Henley a happy fifth birthday. In his tweet, he included a photo of the dog when she was a puppy and a photo of her standing over several geese following a day of hunting. One follower responded to Wentz's tweet, saying in part, As a friend, I wanted to quickly highlight that a man in your influential position might cause offense, and offense is spelled wrong, through the posting of your first picture, the dog with the geese. I support its sentiment, however, the content, uh, the context and content of the pic could offend. So what? Where are we headed? Right. That's our theme for 2018. We're going to settle for that. Where are, we headed? Where are we headed? Where are we headed? Who cares if it offends somebody? And why does this make news? And again, it's Fox where I got this. Yesterday, Fox is where I got the uh, the New York Times being taken to task for the chopsticks photo. I don't know what's in it for Fox News to have even reported. Why do you're the director of social media? Yeah. Why does this get reported? I, I don't. I know. guess because he's such a big NFL celebrity. Yes, but but it's also the. The overly sensitive crowd are the ones that will click on the links. And then Wentz shared that user's tweet and included his response. Uh, He wrote, appreciate that, but offensive and controversial? Two of the main things I tweet about are Jesus and hunting. Yeah, That's what I'm passionate about, and that won't ever change. I was going to say, if you're going to go after any player in the league, Carson Wentz is about the last one you could go after. He's from North Dakota. He's about as good a guy as they get. I tweet about Jesus and hunting. That's what I'm passionate about, and that won't ever change. When you love something, you talk about it. Stay convicted about it, and don't worry about what others think. Okay. Carson Wentz is doing what I... Somebody's just saying, no. No. I'm not going to. Yeah, do what I... But does Wentz win by responding or just ignoring if he ignored it, this wouldn't have gotten any attention. I think by responding, he is sh- shooting it down, I think, is a win for him. Wentz's response has since been retweeted thousands of times Good. and liked nearly 30,000 times. Good. Hmm. So, in other words, uh, it's the vast majority of people who found the photograph and the tweet perfectly innocent. Yes. And understood the sentiment of where with which it was sent. Right. Plus, you can't get rid of too many geese. Would be well, my estimation. Yeah, let's bring it's. We had a lot of geese. Too many. Maybe Wentz eats the geese. Well, if you kill, you're supposed to. I mean, you can cook a goose, can't you? Maybe he feeds the geese. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, <laughs> where are we headed? Here's where we're headed. We're mm-hmm. headed uh, in a number of dire directions, but one of the ways, one of the directions we're headed is uh, there is nothing that cannot be found offensive. Nothing. People are... Uh, this is a, a world game changer. A world we live in game changer. I think if we let it. Let's turn our attention when we come back to the adult children in the state of Oregon.
You'll learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Suchere. You know what you can do? I got it now. The ball is rolling now, bro. My ball is rolling now. I'm a problem solver. Do you know in Oregon it was a law? Oh, yes. That uh, gas stations had to provide attendance to pump your gas. Did not know that. And now a new law has been enacted. And people are freaking Yes. <laughs> that uh, 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 until January 1st, which would have been Monday, yeah. Oregon, I don't know how to, how do you pronounce Oregon? Oregon, Oregon. Oregon. Let's go here because the locals get really mad if I know. you pronounce it the, uh, the wrong Up way. Up until January 1st, Oregon was one of two states, the other being New Jersey, that required every filling station be staffed by attendants who pump your gas for you. I did not know that, not but know. you learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Right. But last spring, the state legislature passed a law allowing gas stations in rural counties with less than 40,000 residents to abandon the full-service model and let customers pump themselves. The new law went into effect Monday. Oregon. 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 Uh, allowing. Station owners are under no obligation to ditch their attendance, nor are they required to let drivers pump their own gas. It's just an option. The full-service gas station seems to be a surprisingly strong part of the Oregonian identity, and the Associated Press could only find a handful of stations who were planning on making the switch to self-serve. But that's not enough for the angry online hordes who can smell a slippery slope from a mile away. When local CBS affiliate KTVL posted an online poll asking residents if they thought the law should be expanded statewide, the comments blew up with Oregonians aghast at the thought of having to dirty their hands with the dangerous work of pumping gas. Many of them say they don't know how. Reject. What? Yes. <laughs> Their complaints and concerns range from smelling like gasoline to spontaneous combustion. But they're all in complete disregard for the fact that the vast majority of drivers in the world manage to fill their own tanks on a regular basis without dousing themselves in fuel or setting their car on fire. This is unbelievable. Right. I had no idea. Nope. I don't know how. Uh, I kind of thought when I read this story that you would have been in favor. It was almost some sort of charming old school mentality that you would you would have been okay with that. I, I am okay with it. Oh, okay. What I'm not okay with it are these adult children that don't know. who are freaking out at the prospect of having to pump their own gas, either because they're too, so stupid or they're uh, they don't know how to. <coughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then we get all these. Uh, uh, Twitter, of course, here we go with Twitter again. I've lived in this state all my life, and I refuse to pump my own gas. I had to do it once in California while visiting my brother and almost died. This is a service only qualified people should perform. I will literally park at the pump and wait until someone pumps my gas. I hope you wait a year, you moron. This is unbelievable. Uh, and then another one. I don't even know how to pump gas. I say no thanks. No. No. Again, we must just say no. It's one of our greatest calls, though, where the guy prepaid. Oh, yeah. Bobby. Reverse runoff. The reverse runoff. 
prepaid for a full tank of gas and left without pumping it. I thought that was fantastic. We had no idea where he was going with it. Oh, it was just wonderful. I don't know how fast Rook can find that or even if it still exists. Reverse drive-off, Rook, is I believe how it's The reverse drive-off. I bet if he did reverse. And here's a tweet that says, No, disabled, seniors, people with young children in the car need help. Not to mention getting out of your car with transients around and not feeling safe. This is a bad idea. All these lefties, uh, all of a sudden, now they're turning on the transients, huh? Mm-hmm. It's just incredible. I don't even know how to pump gas, and I am 60, a 62-year-old native Oregonian. I say no thanks. I don't want to smell like gasoline. Uh... Not a good idea. There are lots of reasons to have an attendant helping. One is they need a job. Two, many people are not capable of knowing how to pump gas and the hazards of not doing it correctly. Besides, I don't want to go to work smelling of gas when I get it on my hands and clothes. What kind of moron are you that you'd get it on your hands and clothes? Yuck. Would pumping. you uh, uh, tell me why we need to talk to Bobby? I put him on hold. It was a uh, it was a uh, drive off story in uh, oh, Bobby? Frederick, Wisconsin. Yeah, Bobby, go ahead, please. Hey, Joe. Hi. Hey, I was the first ever uh, drive off in Frederick, Wisconsin, here pretty recently. You you uh, you drove off without paying? Uh well, let's put it this way: I stop in there frequently and uh get my supplies and my lotto and pay for my gas and then I usually go out and pump my gas and I leave. Uh-huh. Well, I I did what I thought I normally do and I went back the next day and there stood the manager with some money in his hand and told me uh the first drive off that prepaid his gas and didn't pump it. <laughs> <laughs> The reverse drive-off. Oh, that's wonderful. reverse drive-off. It's a reverse drive-off. Great story. (laughs) Yeah. I I think I should get a ray of hope, and then I'm going to go back to fishing here. I'm out on Bowen Lake over here by Luxon. I'm going to give you that right here. You hang on the line. Here it comes. Just a minute. I I can't find it. Just a minute. I'm going to get it, though, pal, because if anybody deserves it, it's you. Here's today's ray of hope. Thank you. We'll be back shortly, but now thanks to our great friends in Owatonna, Minnesota, at Federated Insurance, where it's their business to protect your business. It's Bruce Vale from the Wall Street Journal and Your Money Now. Now, you still have uh, gas stations where you guys are where you can do self-service or have the guy pump it for you, right? Uh Finding a guy to pump it for you is increasingly difficult. Really? Oh, mm-hmm. okay. See, so here in New, New Jersey, in New Jersey, there is no self-service. So right. yeah, they look at you funny. I always jump out of the car when they're real busy and try yeah. to pump it myself, and then they look at you funny. But mm. uh, I, I just thought the people in Oregon, you know, just go to a place where they still pump it for you. Well, there'll be plenty of those places. I have vision. Have you seen the movie Zoolander? No. There's a scene in there where the male models are at the gas pumps having a, a gas fight with the hoses, and they douse each other. And well, that's what people in Oregon think is going to happen. One of them sets the other on fire. It's actually humorous. Mm-hmm. Command sink garage, logic segment number eight. These are the eyes that never knew how to smile till you came into my life. Sorry. 
night. Thank you, Joe. It's sunny and five degrees. This update brought to you by the Duluth Trading Company. Visit Duluth Trading Company stores in Fridley, Bloomington, Woodbury, and downtown Duluth. Wolves in action tonight. Uh, they'll be on the road. They're out on the East Coast where they will face the Nets. The Gophers in action tonight, too. In fact, Big Ten action, finally. They play Illinois at Williams Arena. A couple of ex-Vikings are finalists for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Receiver Randy Moss and guard Steve Hutchinson making the cut in their first year of eligibility. There are 15 modern-era finalists, including star linebackers Ray Lewis and Brian Urlacher. News notes from today. Minnesota's newest senator sworn in this morning in Washington, D.C. Former Lieutenant Governor Tina Smith is now Senator Smith. She took the oath of office with Senator Amy Klobuchar on her side, along with former Vice President Walter Mondale. Smith's role in the Senate also marks a historic moment for women. There's now a record 22 female senators. Two suspects have been arrested after a female victim was found dead in a vehicle in Columbia Heights Monday afternoon. But authorities say they think the victim was actually killed in Fridley. According to the Anoka County Sheriff's Office, authorities responded to the 4200 block of Northeast 5th Street in Columbia Heights after getting a call reporting a suspicious vehicle that had been idling on the street for a long period of time. When they got there, officers found the female victim identified as 29-year-old Linda Pavu from St. Paul in the back seat. Authorities said Vu was dead and had suffered what they called significant injuries. The official cause of death has not yet been determined. Authorities arrested 35-year-old Fu Her of Fridley in connection with the incident. The preliminary investigation revealed Her is allegedly a companion of Vu. Her was being held at the Anoka County Jail on possible second-degree murder charges. Her's brother, Kong Her, was also taken into custody, being held at the Anoka County Jail on possible aiding and offending charges. Neither have been charged as of this morning. Although View's body was discovered in Columbia Heights, authorities stated the incident likely took place at a house in Fridley. Anyone with information regarding the incident is asked to call the Anoka County Sheriff's Office. President taking to Twitter again to attack North Korea. And, uh, boy. Well, this one's a bit strange. President saying he has a bigger and more powerful nuclear button than North Korean leader Kim Jong-un does. The president's Tuesday evening tweet came in response to Kim's New Year's address in which he repeated fiery nuclear threats against the U.S. Kim said he has a nuclear button on his office desk and warned that the whole territory of the U.S. is within range of our nuclear strike. While Trump wrote, will someone from his depleted and food-starved regime please inform him that I, too, have a nuclear button, but it is much bigger and more powerful (laughs) than his, and my button works. Uh, really, actually, as we've come to find, uh, the president doesn't really have a nuclear There really is button. no button. No. The process for launching a nuclear strike is secret and complex. It involves the use of a nuclear football, which is carried in a suitcase by a rotating group of military officers everywhere the president goes. If the president were to order a strike, he would identify himself to military officials at the Pentagon with codes that are unique to him. Those codes are recorded on a card known as the Biscuit that's carried by the president at all times. He would then transmit the launch order to the Pentagon and Strategic Command. How long until he has one installed? <laughs> I want a big button in the office. <laughs> <laughs> There's a new trend. It calls for people to drink raw water. Well, that's coming up, John. Oh, it is. That's okay. a, that's the closing segment. We'll skip that one. Well, wait. Yeah. I'll, as is our custom. Sure. Rick? Uh, yes, hello, Joe. Oh. How are you, sir? Uh uh, Rick from Harlots is checking in. Yeah, we haven't heard from you. This is, uh, well, that's we... A, that's mighty fine. I just uh, called to uh, wish you a happy new year, uh, your listeners. And let's... Uh, let You're from you. where, sir? Uh, Harlan, Jim, Texas. Uh-huh. We just had a bit of snow down here. Yeah. 
I know not as much as you had up there north, but uh, the temperatures were dipping. It was uh, below zero, might I tell you. It, 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 your town came up the other day uh, when we learned that uh, flights were delayed because you have no uh, de-icing mechanisms at the airport. I was not aware of that. Uh, I did not. Uh, I did not travel, so I, I was. I was unaware of uh, flights being canceled well, due what, to the uh, icing machines. Rick, we're in the middle of the news now. Yes, uh, yes, uh, of course, Joe. I, I, I did have a uh, just a uh, maybe 2018. We could we could um, maybe we could get back on track here. I don't even know if I was ever I'm not, on. Track. I'm not sure that we were ever off track. You've you've called us. And uh, I've... Well, I'll tell you, Joe. Uh, this I heard this just the other day. This happened in Harlingen. And uh, I would like to relay this to you. There were two pirates. Uh, they were sitting at a uh, at a, a a bar, and they were swapping stories. They were they were all lit up. The first pirate asked the second one, "All right, I, I, do, I do not impersonate a pirate, but uh-huh. I'll do my best uh, here." The first one says, "All right, how did you get the hook hand?" Well, the second pirate looked at him and says, "All right, we were attacking that schooner, and the first mate drew his sword and he cut my hand off." That's terrible, isn't it? Yes. That's just horrible. Uh, the first pirate says, how did you get the peg leg? And the second pirate said, uh, we were raiding the governor's mansion on Bermuda when the chief of security drew his sword and he cut my leg off. That's how he got the peg leg. Then the pirate asked him, well, how did you get the eye patch? And the second pirate said, Our, a seagull pooped in my eye. And the first pirate said, really? A seagull pooping in your eye did that? And the second pirate said, no, it was the first day with the hook. I see because he was not he probably was not used to having the um the hook and when the seagull pooped in his eye he probably tried to clean out his eye and he did more he uh it was his second day and he uh, he did quite a bit of damage and then had to wear that uh that that black patch with the pirate skull on it, and uh, that uh, I'm not sure how they carried on after that. But uh, so he pooped in my eye, and he said, uh, really hey, "We got it. In we we, we, we no, got it. We second got day it. with the hook." I don't know why you uh, uh, of I all think shows. The news, guy, the news guy likes that. I can hear him chuckling in the background. Of all the shows in the country, I don't know why you've picked this one to. Uh, uh, Joe, and again. you seem to have a theme problem. Uh, you seem to be fascinated with uh, personal injuries, let's say. Uh, well, I, I, I would even say more specifically with amputees. Um, I have a, uh, I have one leg. I, have, I am an amputee myself. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it got, uh, it got caught in a meat grinder, and the uh, the meat grinder. The meat grinder was stuck, and I did not have an, uh, a tool to okay. clear out the meat grinder. And I stuck my foot down there, figuring I'll shove that meat right down there. Because, uh, okay. inter- interesting we- enough, my wife well, I'm was not making sure it's chili, inter- and she was making it with sirloin. Mm-hmm. And not just a regular old hamburger. And you got a gal that'll make chili with sirloin, yeah. you got yourself a catch. You got yourself a catch. So next time you are knocking that big spoon full of sirloin chili, you just tell that down. Hey, you did a good. You done good tonight, Doc. Mm-hmm. You did good tonight. Yeah. Well, thanks, Rick. Yeah, uh, Rick, you're checking out in Harlingen, and uh, the first day with the hook. <laughs>
Wow. That wasn't, a, you know, by his standards, that was okay. <laughs> Who did that in your eye? You know, All right, first day with the hook. First day with the hook. <laughs> well, Johnny, is that it for news? Yeah. I guess that ain't up for news time, didn't it? Okay, yeah. Isn't that Horse something? Talk. Isn't yeah. that something? This okay. <laughs> is... Thank you, Joe. We're at five degrees above zero. It still feels like it's about 12 below thanks to a wind chill. Temperatures tonight, though, the actual air temperature is getting down to about 10 below. Wind chills of 15 to 20 below because northwest winds will remain fairly light, around five to seven miles per hour. Then tomorrow, mostly sunny and cold, high of three above. Wind chills still at 15 to 20 below. And then partly cloudy skies going to be cold tomorrow night, down to 12 degrees below zero. But the winds will lighten up a, a lot. And then sunny and cold on Friday, four above. 15 on Saturday, here comes the warmer air. 26 on Sunday. With the warmth, though, comes a little chance of snow. A couple of inches, not out of the question, Saturday night into early Sunday. And then just flurries Sunday night into Monday. Monday's high, a little colder, 21. 16 on Tuesday, down to 12 above for the high by Wednesday. But temperatures at least staying in the teens above zero most of next week. Again tonight, Joe, our temperature under a clear sky should drop down to about 10 degrees below. Right now we're at 5 above, and I have the records for the day. January 3. 46 on this date. 46? In 1880. In 1880. 26 below zero. 26 below. In 1887. In 1887. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. All right. You know what the latest trend is in uh, Silicon Valley? Uh, I do not. I can't keep up. Complete with a picture of a hippie here. Uh, Raw water. What do you mean raw water? Raw water. Water right from the earth. Right from the stream. Which is usually how we, we get it. Who's pulling this off? Uh, well, the New York Times, of course. Leave it to the Times. They have this as one of their trend pieces. Uh, uh, it's unfiltered water, and the demand is skyrocketing as tech industry insiders develop a taste for water that has not been treated. But to... <laughs> calling it raw. In San Francisco, unfiltered, untreated, unsterilized spring water is selling as much as $60.99 for a two-and-a-half-gallon jug. What? Mm-hmm. Startups dedicated to untreated water are popping up. People, including startup Juicero's co-founder, Doug Evans, are gathering gallons of untreated water from natural springs to bring to Burning Man, which is a festival in the, in the Arizona okay. desert. While Evans and other fans say raw water is perfect for those who are extreme about health, uh, food safety experts say the opposite is true. These idiots have no idea what killed their great-great-grandparents. Bacteria in the water. Right, without... But now the hippies are thinking, you got to drink the water raw. It's got to be raw, right from the street. <sighs> uh, almost everything conceivable that can make you sick can be found in water. Uh, according to uh, food safety expert Bill Marler, uh, unfiltered, untreated water, even from the cleanest streams, can contain animal feces, spreading giardia, which has symptoms such as vomiting and diarrhea and results in nearly in roughly 4,600 hospitalizations a year. 
hepatitis A, uh, which uh, resulted in 20 deaths in California outbreak in 2017, can be spread through water if it isn't treated. E. coli and cholera can also be transmitted via untreated water. But the hippies are selling it for $61 uh, yeah. for two get, gallons. We can get, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that down the road. Because filtered treated water has become the norm, food safety expert Bill Marler says. Most people don't realize how dangerous so-called raw water can be. <laughs> the diseases the that fact killed... That they're calling it raw water. Raw it's like water. raw meat. You know, that's a different... The diseases that killed our great-grandparents were completely forgotten about, he said. Most Americans don't personally know anyone who died of hepatitis of hepatitis A or cholera thanks to advances in technology and more stringent safety standards. As a result, they have a hard time realizing the risks involved in consuming untreated water. It's fine till some 10-year-old girl dies a horrible death from cholera right. in Montecito, California, Marler said. On January 2nd, yesterday, mm -hmm. business insider's Melia Robinson visited a San Francisco supermarket where a small company called Live Water sells its untreated water. Rainbow Grocery was sold out of the Fountain of Truth spring water from Live Water, but a sign indicated a slight price increase. It's a scam. <laughs> it's a complete scam. <laughs> Have they? Do they follow where they get it from? Oh. The cost of a two-and-a-half-gallon jug increased from $36.99 to $60.99 since the New York Times published its article. Oh, my God. It's like while, the price, while the price includes the glass container, a refill only costs $14.99, according to the Times. Oh, what a bargain. Did the Times put any disclaimers in their story? I wonder, couldn't they be sued? Wow. These hippies are drinking poop water. Right. R raw water. Raw water. Which is not good. Enjoy fecal light. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. <sighs> Tourmaline Spring sells untreated water as sacred living water. Okay. All right. And and apparently this is uh this is quite the uh quite the trend with your uh Wow. With your uh, tech-savvy insights. With your idiots. Mm -hmm. That's, I can't believe the price. No. $30 to 60 bucks. just after the Times story. Mm -hmm. Refills for 14 you're keeping the glass container. According to the Times, demand for unfiltered water is skyrocketing as tech industry insiders develop a taste for water that hasn't been treated to prevent the spread of bacteria and other contaminants. In San Francisco, unfiltered, untreated, unsterilized spring water is selling for as much as 61 bucks for a two-and-a-half-gallon jug. Wow. I'm not... Uh, if you're out camping and you are and you run out of water, I would imagine you got to take your chances and take a gulp of spring water. Uh, yes, if you're you know, find a nice, so dry. Find a good-looking spring and take your chances. Right. Other than that, why would you... Why I, would you do it? I want my water uh, somewhat, uh, maybe um, medium rare. <laughs> you know, the Twin Cities has pretty good tap water. Uh, I'll say yes. Compared to other parts of the country. Mm -hmm. I'm a well water guy. Well, I can do that too, but oh, I, I, love know, well water. I live in the sustainable urban core. True. And we are held uh, hostage to uh, the uh, right 
government water. We drink government water, water uh, utility. Yeah, I'll drink government water though. Yeah, it's, what, what are you going to do? But the water in Florida, woof, that's some bad tasting water. Uh, I like to drink from a bottled water or maybe the uh... the water in Florida is very sulfuric, isn't it? It is. But I imagine it's so loaded with chemicals that it still beats this hippie water in San Francisco. I'm not going to pay sixty bucks. No, either am I. Stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. Frequent emailer Terry thinks it'll be the, uh, the raw water will be the official water of the Super Bowl. No. Because they can charge so much for it. No. And Burning Man's in Nevada, not Arizona. It's fact-based, and I stood, or I stand, uh, corrected. Okay. Uh, we're going to be coming up to uh, sports shortly. We got the new Patrick Royce in again today? Yeah, Myron's joining us. <laughs> I, I look a little different, don't I? <laughs> yes. Yeah. You look much healthier. Much healthier. <laughs> yeah, Royce's freezing down there. They yeah. got snow in Well, not there. as far as he is, yeah. but they got snow in Tallahassee. This is crazy. But at his estate, it's in the uh, it's in the mid-50s. They're probably in their parkas and their yeah. uh, windbreak, well, even double windbreakers. They'll do pet warnings if it gets close to 32 degrees. 1500 ESPN is KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis. It's five.